0: Hello and welcome to the podcast for the September issue of the Lancet Oncology. My name is Marcia, and today we have with us Dr. Lisa Baudet from the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center to discuss her review on molecular profiling of neuroendocrine tumors to predict response and toxicity to peptide receptor radionuclide therapy. Lisa, thank you very much uh, for speaking to us today. And as a start, could you please provide some background to your paper, so briefly describe peptide receptor radionuclide therapy and neuroendocrine tumors and why molecular profiling can be so useful.
1: Thank you very much. Peptide receptor radiotherapy, or PRRT, is a targeted therapeutic strategy for metastatic or non-resectable neuroendocrine tumors. It consists of the systemic administration of a radiolabeled peptide, such as an octreotide derivative, which targets the somatostatin receptors expressed by the tumor. This treatment has been used for the past 25 years through single-arm clinical trials, which demonstrated its efficacy with durable responses and tolerability. More recently, a Phase three randomized trial in small bowel neuroendocrine tumors finally led to its approval for well-differentiated gastroenteropancreatic neuroendocrine tumors. Uh, Neuroendocrine tumors are a group of different tumors uh, originating from a variety of organs and tissues. Due to their generally slow-growing nature, as well as their variable and often non-specific symptomatology, they're frequently metastatic at the time of diagnosis. Surgery is only curative for the localized forms, which are the minority. Uh, treatments available for metastatic disease include hormonal therapies, such as somatostatin analogues, biotherapies, such as mTOR inhibitors, and chemotherapy, such as the combination of capcitabine and The No chemotherapeutic strategies provide variable symptomatic control, for example, somatostatin analogues but rarely do they induce significant tumor shrinkage and prolonged tumor control. Classic chemotherapy has diminished efficacy in the slow-growing forms, and improved outcome has been observed with oral chemotherapy, capacitabine and temozolomide, in pancreatic neuroendocrine tumors. Meaningful tumor control in a metastatic setting is still an unmet need. PRT is a prominent example of the theranostic approach whereby a drug with specific tropism for tumor cell receptors is tagged alternatively with a diagnostic radioisotope for the demonstration of the target on the lesions and subsequently with a therapeutic isotope for the treatment of those lesions. And patients are in fact selected based on a series of inclusion criteria. The main ones are the histological confirmation of a well-differentiated neuroendocrine tumor, The demonstration of significant tumor uptake at somatostatin receptor PET-CT, for example, with gallium dotatate, and adequate hematological renal and liver function. Over the years, several somatostatin analog radiopharmaceuticals using different isotopes have been applied. More recently, lutetium-177-labeled peptides are the predominantly used form of treatment due to their better tolerance. Typical protocols are delivered over six to eight months, for example, the approved four cycles of lutetium dotatate delivered every two months with cumulative activities of about 30 gigabecquerel. PRT is efficacious in the majority of patients who exhibit significant prolongation of progression free survival, tumor responses, and improved symptoms and quality of life. However, there are approximately 15 to 30 percent of patients who fail to respond to PRRT and another 10 to 15 percent who progress early after the completion of treatments. Also, although PRRT is generally very well tolerated, adverse events, including severe subacute hematological toxicity and more rarely long term myeloproliferative events and renal failure, may occur. So in the era of personalized medicine, the standard one-size-fits-all approach is no longer clinically appropriate. Clearly, there are two critical areas that need to be addressed for the optimization of PRRT. The first is the need to improve patient selection for treatment, namely the pretreatment stratification, which can be obtained with the use of predictive markers of response specific to PRRT and not merely prognostic depending on the results. In fact, uh, the therapeutic strategy may range from PRRT alone to therapy combinations, rapid sequencing of PRRT with additional treatments, or even alternatives to PRRT. Moreover, during the application of the treatment, another requirement is to be able to monitor the efficacy in a timely manner. And the second area of improvement is the need to predict and early identify the development of toxicity particularly bone marrow toxicity, and this also requires the application of predictive biomarkers. The clinical outcome, either response or toxicity, is influenced by factors intrinsic to the patient and the disease. Therefore, similar to other neoplasms, also for neuroendocrine tumors treated with PRRT, genomic strategies are well suited for the prediction of efficacy and toxicity. And the reason is that these techniques can capture the genetically driven mechanisms underlying the radiation response.
0: Thank you. And so uh, you just gave us uh, an overview, which was very comprehensive. But besides that, do you think there are other main advantages and challenges of using peptide receptor radionuclide therapy?
1: PRRT is an efficient uh, form of targeted internal radiotherapy. Like any other form of radiotherapy, PRRT relies on tumor-selective radiation-induced damage and suboptimal repair. Radiation is, in fact, selectively internalized in the tumor cells through the somatostatin receptor. This leads to DNA damage and ultimately apoptosis of the tumor cells with relative sparing of the non-tumoral tissue involved in the metabolization of the radiopharmaceutical. Given the distribution of somatostatin receptors in the body and the metabolic pathway of somatostatin analogues, the main organs receiving potentially concerning doses of radiation during PRRT are the bone marrow and the kidneys. Due to the selective targeted irradiation of tumor tissues, PRRT is a very efficient treatment. Several single-arm studies and clinical series in gastroenteropancreatic and lung neuroendocrine tumors, and more recently randomized phase three study in small bowel, tumors provided information of a benefit in terms of tumor response, progression-free survival, and overall survival. There are objective responses, that is, partial and complete responses, in the range of 25-55%, with disease control rates, thus including stabilization of disease, frequently in 75 to 80% of patients. In addition, it has been demonstrated that regardless of the objective response, patients who are symptomatic for tumor mass or hormonal symptoms exhibit significant symptomatic improvement after PRRT. The disadvantages are that response cannot be obtained in every treated individual and that some of those Uh, who respond to the treatment cease to respond after its completion. From the tolerability point of view, PRRT is well tolerated. The acute side effects are mild and include nausea and fatigue. Some acute uh, side effects include hematological toxicity, which is mild and reversible in the majority, What is mostly concerning is the rare but actual possibility of chronic kidney and bone marrow toxicity, which are respectively renal failure and myelodysplastic syndrome or leukemia. It is clear that we need to better understand two key issues. Firstly, who is likely to respond to the treatment? And secondly, who is likely to develop serious chronic toxicity? The instruments that we currently possess to predict and monitor these events are limited since they are based on clinical correlation and correlated phenomena. So these um, lack a mechanistic or objective biological assessment of uh, an individual tumor and the patient. And these indices frequently include prognostic features which are therefore incapable of prediction of a specific effect, whether it is tumor response or the side effect of a treatment. For example, the grade, the extent and origin of the tumor are used in attempting to predict the response to PRRT. However, these are prognostic features, meaning that, for example, a high-grade tumor will have more chances to progress compared to a low-grade tumor regardless of the application of PRRT. Also, conventional secretory biomarkers such as chromogranin A are not useful as they can be elevated, decreased, or normal without any meaningful correlation with a tumor response. And this reflects the fact that a secretory protein has no part in the biological basis of cancer evolution. And this measurement is, in fact, at best a prognostic feature and, at worst, an epiphenomenon. Somatostatin receptor expression of the tumor is considered both a prognostic and a predictive feature. However, its predictive accuracy is not greater than 60%. And this is evident in many patients who exhibit intense uptake at the gallium dotate PET CT, but who fail to respond to the treatment. And this means that a high concentration of radioactivity in the tumor, hence high dose, is a component of the response to treatment, but it's not all that is required. Other factors related to the intrinsic tumor characteristics, so the molecular genomic profile, are involved. And the same holds true also for toxicity, although this is a much less studied field.
0: Thank you. So in, in your opinion, what have been the main advances in the molecular profiling of neuroendocrine tumors and the peptide receptor radionuclide therapy in the past few years
1: Contrary to the progress undertaken in other neoplasms where genomic information has been acquired and molecular predictive tools have been available for a relatively long time, for example, in breast, lung, and colon cancer, the molecular characterization of neuroendocrine tumors has lagged behind only recently more sophisticated analysis of the genomic landscape of neuroendocrine tumors, including genomic and epigenomic characteristics, has been undertaken. Although no clear driver mutations are identifiable in neuroendocrine tumors, especially for the non-pancreatic forms, Several genomic aberrations and modifications that may be related to the malignancy and possibly be associated with response to therapy have been identified. For example, aneuploidy, which is a prognostic uh, feature of malignancy, is poorly represented among neuroendocrine tumors, and its value as a predictive marker of response to treatment is unknown, possibly not relevant. Also, Chromosomal abnormalities are sporadically represented and are likely to be prognostic and not related to therapy response. Significant uh, epigenetic changes, such as hyper- or hypomethylation of specific genes or their promoters, have been identified in neuroendocrine tumors. However, their significance in the prediction of the effect of PRRT is yet unknown. Uh, Neuroendocrine tumors, particularly of the small bowel, remain mutationally quiet tumors. Despite the identification of recurrent mutation in pancreatic forms, for example, MEN1, ATRX, and DEX, these do not account for more than about 40% of cases. Similarly, they appear to have no consistent correlation with therapy or outcome. It is most likely that these mutations are prognostic and play no role in treatment stratification. Finally, tumor transcriptomics have been evaluated for possible prediction of response. MicroRNA dysregulation, while correlating with some prognostic features, has not demonstrated any clinical predictive capability. On the other hand, circulating multi-transcriptomic tumor marker signatures capturing tumor gene expression seem to be a better way to proceed and these signatures have been shown to be clinically useful in diagnosis and have added value as liquid biopsies to provide direct measurements of neuroendocrine tumor proliferation metabolism epigenetic regulation growth factor regulation and metastatic pathway signaling as opposed to molecular markers such as gene mutations Transcriptional alterations, however, have demonstrated to be of value and to generate biomarkers with either prognostic or predictive value. And specifically, a circulating 51 neuroendocrine tumor-specific marker gene assay has been reported as a diagnostic tool. These genes are detectable in the different neuroendocrine tumor subtypes and thus this assay function as a pan-tumor biomarker. Circulating gene expression is robust, easy to detect, and to quantify, and is specifically derived from neuroendocrine tumor tissue and not from blood cell populations such as lymphocytes. And it's an effective tool as a, a neuroendocrine tumor therapy monitor, and test score alterations have been demonstrated to be useful as an interventional biomarker to monitor the efficacy of PRRT. Recently, a predictive multi-transcriptomic assay for PRRT, the PRRT prediction quotient or PPQ, has been developed using transcriptomics and grading. The measurement of this biomarker before the initiation of PRRT has been shown to predict the effect of PRRT with great accuracy, about 95%. Regarding toxicity, the field is much less explored. Late renal and hematological damage results from uh, exceeding the radiation threshold of individual organ tolerance. PRT tolerance varies with the dose of radiation in the specific organs. This, in turn, is related to both the length of time spent by the radiation in an excretory organ, such as the kidney, and also to specific binding of the radiopharmaceutical to somatostatin receptor expressed. By known tumor cells, such as the hematological progenitors in the bone marrow. Similar to the prediction of efficacy, in the prediction of toxicity to PRRT, clinicians have availed themselves of clinical factors, which means pre existing conditions affecting the kidneys or the bone marrow. For example, long standing and poorly controlled hypertension or diabetes for the kidneys, and previous exposure to alkylating chemotherapeutic agents for the bone marrow. These factors, however, are not able to explain more than 30% of toxicities. Therefore, it seems likely that toxicity may represent an individual susceptibility based upon an intrinsic genomic susceptibility in addition to residual reserve from prior treatments. The intrinsic radiosensitivity of the normal tissues exposed to PRRT is substantially influenced by intrinsic factors encoded in our DNA. However, we have very little knowledge regarding the genetic architecture at the basis of radiosensitivity or the specific genomic variants underlying individual tissue responses to radiation. We know that radiation exposure is accompanied by severe radiotoxicity in subjects uh, who carry homozygous mutations of genes such as ATM, in ataxia, telangiectasia. However, the low incidence of these mutations, even at the heterozygous level, is not able to explain the more common incidence of adverse events. So it has been postulated that individual risk of radiation toxicity is most likely determined by a series of common genetic variants or single nucleotide polymorphism as SNPs. The genes involved include ATM, TGF, uh, beta-1, and other genes. And this may represent potential candidates for PRRT-related toxicity.
0: Uh, Now looking a bit ahead, what are the future directions for research into peptide receptor radionuclide therapy in neuroendocrine tumors?
1: Despite our best efforts, PRRT cannot offer more than 30, 50% objective responses with a median progression free survival of 28 to 36 months. Numerous strategies for improvement have been developed. These mainly involve the development of improved radiotheranostics, such as new peptides or new isotopes, think, for example, of alpha emitters, combinations with chemotherapy or biotherapy, and new routes of administration, for example, intraarterial. However, to really advance the field and exploit the full potential of this efficient treatment, it is imperative that we abandon the one-size-fits-all strategy. This requires that we direct PRRT to those who can benefit from it alone or in a modified form and ensure that we select those who can tolerate it. The data available so far demonstrate that transcriptomic strategies have utility for developing tools to predict benefit from radiation therapy. The PPQ, for example, captures both growth factor and metabolomic genes that are specifically related to oxidative stress metabolism and hypoxic signaling. Therefore, the PPQ function as a marker of radiosensitivity and as a predictor of PRRT efficacy. Future development of mathematical analysis using machine learning methodology and deep neural network analysis will provide additional insight into the myriad of genes involved in the term- determination of organ toxicity and in defining an individual toxicity liable profile, uh, specifically for PRRT. So in conclusion, the one size fits all strategy is not an effective form of personalized treatment model. For PRRT, an optimized personalized strategy requires the application of genomic tools to predict the efficacy, to monitor the disease status, and to identify the likelihood of toxicity.
0: Well, Lisa, thank you very much for joining me today. And for our listeners, this review can be read in the Lancet Oncology September issue or at lancetoncology.com.